So whether you are a high school coach who has to hold a yearly parent meeting or a college coach who has to host parents on recruiting visits or on parent nights, we can all dread this experience. But it's that time of year where it's on every coach's mind. And while many of us dread it, others are just working to get through it. But what if we were excited? Like we were excited about the opportunity in front of us, that opportunity to connect with some of those influential people in our players' lives. And what if we recognized the potential to provide a transformative experience for the most influential people in our team's culture outside of our players and assistant coaches? Yes, parents are the most important and influential people in our team's culture outside of our players. And I know that might sound a little bit idealistic or crazy to provide a transformative experience for them, but it can be. In my experience of putting on workshops for sports parents and my very limited experience as a parent, a sports parent, I've come to realize most parents, myself included, we want a great experience for our kids, but we're often just very unsure of what our role is in helping to create that experience. And thus, I think we get a little lost from time to time along the way. So it begs the question, how might we approach the yearly parent meeting with greater intentionality as a high school coach or potentially even the parent evening or recruiting visits for some of our college coaches here? And that's what we're getting into in the Coaching Culture Podcast today. Thanks for listening in. My name's JP Nurbin, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Nate Sanderson. Welcome to any new listeners of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Longtime listeners, please give us a review. You can do that right now while listening. Or if you don't think we're worthy of a great review, send me an email over to jpnurbin at thriveonchallenge.com with some feedback. We make this podcast to share our journey and to help you on your journey to be better coaches and to build better team cultures. We even type up the notes for the podcast for you, which you can get at thriveonchallenge.com by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. So Nate, obviously the parent meeting at the start of every season is probably one of the least look forward to events in a coach's season. I think honestly, during COVID, I know that a lot of them were done virtually and I think parents and coaches appreciated that. And maybe some people are still considering, actually, I know some people are still doing them virtually now because they just found that it was a easier way to approach it from a standpoint of just getting the information out there and communicating to parents what they wanted to communicate. But you always think about things differently. You try to be a lot more intentional when it comes to these parent interactions, whether it's the awards banquet at the end of the year, uh, senior night, or yes, the parent meeting to start the season. You've always taken a little bit different approach. Now, I know you just presented at the PGC Coaching Clinic in Chicago just last weekend. And before you even got into what it might actually look like, that parent meeting, you really brought some kind of reflection questions to the coaches there to think about that would really impact how they would design that event. And I was hoping you could share those questions with us. Well, JP, one of the things that I encourage coaches to think about before they start diving into their plans is to consider the end. What's the end game when it comes to working with parents? Because that obviously is going to inform what you do in your parent meeting. And I tried to get them to think a little bit in terms of a continuum. If you imagine you know, there's three possible outcomes here for how you see your parents being involved in your program. One is at the basic minimum is just having them being informed. 
right? You want parents to know what the schedule is, know what the bus times are, that sort of thing. And, and they got to get that information from you in an accurate and a timely fashion. And that might be all, right? I mean, you might just say, I want my parents to be informed this year and then start planning my parent meeting from there. If you want to be a little bit more inclusive, you might consider having your parents be involved and think about what that might look like, whether that's volunteering for the program, participating in the culture, whatever it might be in your particular case. If you want parents to have an active role and be participants in the culture, then you got to think about how do I do a parent meeting that invites them into that experience? And at the other end of the continuum is this idea that if I want to be a transformational coach, and we talk constantly about using sport to impact kids, is it a ridiculous stretch to think that this transformational approach might also impact parents in our program? Like, could we educate them? Could we support them? Could we encourage them to fulfill their role as a sports parent in a positive way that has a great impact on our players and on our program in general? And if that's where you want to go, that you want to have an influence even over the parents and how they think about sport and playing time and everything else, then I think you do something a little bit different in your, in your parent meeting with that end in mind. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think at the end of the day, if we want to have a positive influence on our players' lives, we need to influence the influencers. Otherwise, we'll all, our influence will always be not nearly what it could be, I think. And I think that's the real power is when we bring parents in there. I think obviously that challenges coaches because it's going to take more time. It's going to take more effort. And probably the, for me, I would say the most challenging thing about that is going to take a little bit of vulnerability. Like you got to put yourself out there. And I know a lot of coaches that are listening here, we've all been stung. We've all had those parents that have lashed out that have said things, done things that have hurt us as coaches, made us feel unappreciated. And so my tendency as a coach is to wall up, to protect myself. Uh, and we have to kind of break those walls down. We have to open ourselves up. And so there's that vulnerability piece, I think, too, is you know, how vulnerable, how are you willing to be as a coach? Um, because that level will really honestly determine the level of relationship that you can have with some of those parents. I think the other important thing that we have to consider as coaches before we jump into this meeting is what is the expected role of parents in our program? Because I think as a parent walking into that room, as a parent at Mount Vernon looking ahead to this season with no background information on me and no prior experience, like I'm sure that they're wondering what is the expected role of parents in the program? How involved? How much can they talk to the coach? When do they reach out? You know, th those sorts of questions. I think there has to be some parameters communicated in that parent meeting. And obviously, before you can do that, you have to think through that a little bit as a coach. You know, what are your boundaries going to be when it comes to playing time? You know, what involvement do you want parents to have or interaction with their players before a game, after a game? You know, those kinds of questions we kind of have to think through a little bit before we start building out the activities that we may do in our parent meeting. Yeah, Nate, I feel like only recently I've started to actually have the real sports parent experience where, you know, up, up until like this year, it's just been kind of drop my kids off at some sort of, you know, play session where they kind of do a little bit of the sport, but it's not competitive. There's no matches, there's no games or anything like that. And Elena just had her first game just a couple, couple of weeks ago. And 
for me, I think in this new kind of competitive sports realm, and it's not even super competitive, but even early on, as I'm watching some of the training sessions and I go to the game, like, I want to know, like, what's my role here? You know, like, am I just the guy that helps out and gets them there? Or can I be down in the field? You know, am I cheering them on? When Elena doesn't understand anything that's going on in the game, should I be shouting out some little coaching tidbits here or there? Or is that, you know, that's not helpful. I know that that's not helpful, but you know what I mean? Like, and I just think at the end of the day, every parent is going into every team and knows that their role is going to vastly change based upon the coach there. Right. And, and, and I think that we're always maybe asking that question as a parent. So I think it would be really helpful now that I reflect back on it for us to be really explicitly clear of how we do see the parent role within our team and, and to kind of communicate that to the parents. JP, I'm curious as you come out of that experience now as a sports parent yourself, would that give you a different perspective on something maybe that you would want to share if you were going into a high school basketball season this fall and getting ready for a parent meeting? Does that perspective just bring anything to mind? Like, I would want to communicate this if I had my own team this year and was trying to, to define what that parent role should be in our program. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think so often I just communicated the logistics of you know, how to get your kids there on time and all those like to get them to games. You just focus mostly on logistical. And then I focus the rest of the conversation on the things that I, you know, establishing the boundaries, the things I did not want them to say or do. Instead of just trying to focus on ways that they could help, ways that they could be a part of the team. And I think that varies by every sport at every single level and everyone's, you know, personal preference. But I would really want to try to spend a good portion of that parent meeting on talking about their role in a way of helping their son or their daughter, as well as helping out within the team. Um, and not just being the, t- the parent that, and I'm not talking about just the parent that helps cook meals. Like in some instances, like even with Brad talking uh, to us last, last week was just about, you, know, you might encourage parents to be watching film with the players, right? You, you might encourage something around being involved in their nutrition and their recovery and their sleep. So there's different other ways that you could be getting parents uh, to be involved that aren't just a bunch of grunt work around your program. And I think that's what I would probably really try to focus some of my efforts on. I think what you're describing there, JP, is that we'd all like our parents to play a supportive role for their athletes in our program. But I think we'd be naive to assume that all parents have the same background knowledge that we have as trained coaches on all kinds of different issues, right? Whether it's related to the science behind sleep or what they're eating after a workout or after practice when they get home at night or what they're snacking on during the day. You know, I think there's an educational component that can be part of a parent meeting that is simply designed with all the right intentions to equip them to be able to be supportive on the home front. And we know coaches that will take that even farther and will share about their strategies and their tactics and scouting reports and maybe positional information so that parents can understand. Some legitimately want to know, coach, what are you teaching in post-defense? Because I know we did one thing when I was in high school, but I really want to encourage my daughter to do what you're asking her to do. And they don't know, right? And so there are some parents that can be a great asset. Uh, around the dinner table with more information if we're willing to share and help to equip them 
all with the purpose, again, of being supportive. Yeah, that's exactly it, Nate. I mean, it's really kind of deciding, you know, what we envision a potential role for them within our team and within our program. I think the other thing, too, is they're wondering, what's this relationship going to be like between coach and parent? Are we going to be just focused on sports and my son or daughter as an athlete? Or are we going to be focused on them as a person? Like we're going to have conversations or outside of that. Or is it going to be even bigger than that? Like, are we going to connect on as people as well? Like, it's not just going to be coach and parent, but and I guess what I mean by that is, do you talk to parents about things other than the team, other than their child? Like, do you talk about life? Do you connect with them? And I think, you know, just how you communicate that relationship is probably not through a slide as much as how you act and, and engage with them when they walk in the room and the things that they talk about from that very first parent meeting. Um, you know, are you asking them, you know, what they do for their work, you know, where they're from, you know, are you learning their names? Are you sharing personal information about your life or are you strictly presenting yourself as the coach, you know? And I think just we are responsible for kind of setting the expectations on what that type of relationship will look like between parent and coach as well. And we're probably communicating that a little bit more informally than formally, though. JP, if I was being completely honest, I'd say there's probably times where I'd rather talk to parents sort of informally or before and after the game about anything but basketball, you know, depending on how the game went. But I think at minimum, you know, when you're considering the relationships that you want to build with parents, and obviously that is going to grow out of whatever you do in your parent meeting, learning first names, making sure that you're associating the right parent with the right kid. I made that mistake once where a kid got a banged in the head and got a concussion and then uh, went to the wrong mom. And I was like, hey, how's your daughter doing? She looked at me really funny, like, she's fine. You know, and I said, well, how's her, how's her vision? You know, like, and mom had no idea what I was talking about. Like I was about as embarrassed as I've ever, ever been in my life, right? So like being able to match the parent faces to the correct kid is probably a good place to begin as well. Um, but I think, as you said, like knowing what they do for a living and being aware of, of other siblings, like if you can get those four things down, um, you're laying some groundwork there to be able to start just having some pretty healthy connections with parents. The other thing I would add to that too, and, and this is just by the nature of having small children, but I think that there's vulnerability that can be extended. You know, like I'll tell our parents in the parent meeting this year, you didn't sign up for this, but I can't tell you how many times I've tried to leave the gym and I can't find my kids. So make sure that you know what they look like. So as I start wandering around, like I should have two little people next to me and I don't, you can help participate in finding my children. So you don't have to get an alert on your phone, you know, later that night from the Amber alerts or whatever. Right. So even that, you know, exposing them or introducing them to your family and to your kids. And of course, our kids will steal M&Ms and popcorn from anybody with a Mount Vernon shirt on, you know, like they should be expecting that. But all those things are like little things that kind of break down barriers and help to build that community as well. Yeah. And I just kind of want to make one more point on this concept or this idea around, you know, our relationship as a coach with the parents and the value in having a relationship where you are connected beyond just coach and parent. And that's where I really encourage coaches to communicate the conversations that they want to have with parents, not the conversations they won't have, but the conversations they want to have. Like when something's up at home or their kid is coming home and they're not enjoying the sport 
or there's something in my behavior as a coach that causes them to maybe think less of me as a, as a person, you know, to question my character. You know, I, those are the kind of conversations that I do want to have. But parents will not feel comfortable making that call. In most cases, if I haven't had some sort of relationship or connection with them prior in the season, you know, and it's been, it's been the parents that I've had that relationship with that have actually picked up the phone and called me and at times when their family might've been going through something really difficult or their son was considering quitting because of the experience he was having. And it was valuable information for me. Or there was times where I did things that actually, you know, caused a parent to question, you know, my character and my integrity. And sometimes it was warranted and sometimes it wasn't, but either way, we got to have a conversation and work that out. So, but those only really happened in a healthy way when I had that relationship first. So that's one, one reason I would just encourage coaches to step out, be vulnerable and build those relationships. The way we describe that, what you're what you're just talking about there is just if parents can give us actionable intelligence that allow us to better coach their kid, you know, when something is up, like you said, and I think addressing that in the parent meeting also accomplishes, it also makes the parent feel more comfortable because I think parents sit back and think either I don't want to bother coach. I know he's busy. He's got his family, or I'm not sure if it's appropriate for me to step into this because coach said he wanted to talk to the kids, but this is going on at home or grandma is sick or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and so that sort of gives the parent permission. Like here's an area where, yes, please reach out to us because it can help me understand where your daughter is right now and coach her or relate to her or support her better than if I don't have that information. Now, I also think that if we're going to communicate to the parents what we imagine their role is and what our expectations of them are, that we've got to come back and really be clear about what they can expect from us. And there's a lot of different things that you could cover in this. You know, For one, I would personally want to communicate to parents some expectations around what they can kind of have for me within my own coaching behaviors, because I want to be very clear up front what type of coach I am. I'm not going to just talk about my core values. I'm going to say, listen, I really don't believe in yelling at kids or screaming at them or belittling them or shaming them or blaming them or any of that stuff. So when you see me coaching a game, hopefully you're not seeing that, but also because I'm not jumping up and down the sidelines and running around, that doesn't mean that I don't care. It doesn't mean that I'm not passionate. I just choose to coach in a style that's different than maybe you've seen before or you've seen on TV. Like I'm going to be really clear up and up front with people because a lot of times I've had parents that might come say, hey, you need to get on him a little bit more. You need to get up in his face a little bit more. That's how you motivate him. I'm going to be clear. That's just not the way that I'm going to coach. So I'm going to communicate expectations, not just about what I value, but really my style. And I'm going to be really upfront and honest with them about that. The second thing I might do is I might talk to them about how I'm going to be working to support their son or their daughter. I'm going to be talking about you know, not that I just care about them, but I, like how I show I will, that I care, how I will be intentional in doing periodic one-on-ones, whether that's once a week, once every two weeks, or once a month, I'm going to communicate the how I'm going to be proactive in communicating their roles, how many minutes they might expect to play going into each game. I might be sharing a, you know, a little bit of the strategies that we do there around playing time and 
and, and really trying to support the players in those roles. So I want to pull back the curtain as much as possible on what they can expect from me as a coach when it comes to my interactions with their son or daughter. But I also might want to communicate what they can kind of expect from me in that parent-coach relationship. And for me, I would definitely be having, like Sean Keating shared a few episodes uh, ago, the weekly parent email. And I would make it clear, like, this isn't just an information session where I tell you what time you got to drop your kid off. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on with the program. I'm going to talk to you about how we're trying to invest in your kids as people and trying to build this culture. So I'm going to communicate that expectation uh, as well as, you know, when they're reaching out, um, kind of some expectations around how quickly I might get back to them. For me personally, I'm going to put my phone on, on the docking station at 9 p.m. every night, and I'm not going to see it till probably 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. in the morning. So they can call me up to that time. But after that, you know, I wouldn't want parents calling me. Other people don't want parents calling at all. They might just say, hey, send me an email or send me a text and I'll get back to you as soon as, soon as I can or within 24 hours. So just everyone has different expectations or, or things that the parents could expect of them as a coach uh, because of what they're committed to doing in that relationship. And I just think it's important that we are proactively communicating that to the parents as well. Now, another aspect of having your parents being more involved in your program, I think, is taking your cultural values. You know, we talk about this all the time about identifying what's important to our program, what's our identity going to be. We translate that into behaviors for our players. We talk about what's above the line and below the line and success criteria. And we have these constant conversations with our kids about what these cultural values look like and practice in the locker room, et cetera. But it really wasn't until a couple of years ago that I started thinking maybe if we wanted parents to be more involved, we should invite them into this culture that we keep talking about, but also recognize that effort for a player is going to look different than effort from a parent, right? That appreciation or, or gratitude is going to look different manifested from a player than it might from a parent role. And so that's something that we've been really intentional about in our parent meetings over the last few years is taking... Again, our three you know, key values are gratitude, effort, and love. And we'll spend some time talking with parents or encouraging them even in small groups to think about what does gratitude look like in the role of a parent in our program? What is there to be thankful for? You know, Whether it's the newspaper coverage or even the officials or it's people at the concession stand or you know, there's a lot of people that are required in order to put on a basketball game at night. Why couldn't our parents just randomly be grateful for custodians that are picking up and putting on the chairs, you know, and things like that. So we'll talk about that. Right. And I'll even emphasize, you know, the assistant coaches are going to put in a ton of work this year, you know, be thankful for them. Like just be gr grateful for the sacrifices that they're making, you know, to help your kid have a great experience. Right. So we'll talk about those things. We'll talk about again, effort for a parent. I don't expect dads to dive out of the stands on a loose ball, you know, or something like that during the middle of a game. That may be, JP, where some of the grunt work, like it would be nice for somebody to, you know, bring the orange, orange slices or to work the scorebook or to bring the sandwiches for the bus or whatever it might be and take some of that stuff off of our plate. You know, and if you have parents that want to do more, finding ways to allow that to happen and encouraging them to serve the team, I think is great, but they need guidance in that area. And the last one that we'll talk about, again, our values are just gratitude, effort and love can be a little bit uh, awkward. And this maybe goes back to 
your conversation earlier that you talked about vulnerability, because I do think that parents need some guidance or maybe just presenting some information about what does love look like in the role of the sports parent, talking about the car ride home, you know, talking about, I love to watch you play, you know, showing them some of those goofy videos on, on YouTube of kids talking about their parents in the stands and, you know, being embarrassed and not wanting them to yell their names and things like that. Like there are ways that you can subtly sort of just sow some seeds. Here are ways to be more supportive and more effective for your high school athlete, student athlete. Uh, and again, because parents aren't researching those things on our own, we just sort of lay them out there and say, if you want it to be more effective, here are some ideas and leave it at that. Right. But I think inviting them into the culture, again, is better than just putting the stiff arm up and boundarying them and saying, look, sit on the outside of the fishbowl and appreciate all the great things we're doing for your kids. But we don't want you to be a part of because we don't want you to screw it up. We're trying to get beyond that approach. Yeah, I absolutely love that sharing of the values, you know, and bringing them into that kind of discussion. I, I think on top of that, Nate, I'd also suggest, at least personally, I, I would really want to be clear about who we are as our program and our purpose, not just our objective, right? Um, you know, Dave Brandt talked about that, you know, the objective being to win games be perennial national champions, but he also want to be the best team to play for uh, in the country. And I would really want to share my purpose with them, you know, to impact these kids' lives, to help them to grow as men or women. And that that is really, really important to me and that we're going to be intentional about those things. And we're going to make time for those things. We're not going to be just about basketball here. We're going to do things outside of that. And there's going to be an expectation of maybe attendance at those things. I might share also how I make decisions. At the end of the day, my decisions are based upon what is best for the team. And sometimes that's going to be difficult for certain individuals because it's going to require sacrifice for them. I guess it's kind of what Brant talks about is preparing the soil. Right? I want to prepare the soil before the season so they know what they're stepping into. Well, let me just add to that, JP, one, I think, creative, unique way that we've done that here recently um, is the idea of normalizing struggle. You know, I, I think you talk about expectations and thinking about, you know, a player that goes from eighth grade middle school basketball, where they practice for an hour and 15 minutes twice a week, to becoming a freshman in high school, where not only do they have a different class load, obviously, but now they're expected to practice for two hours every day after school. And the season, instead of being six weeks long, is three months long, you know, and not everybody really can understand the weight of that. And a lot of kids handle it fine, but not everyone does. And so, you know, what we've done is try to identify some of the common struggles that players have in the program, whether it's the transition to being a freshman or the jump from JV to varsity and the expectations and the speed of the game. and while you're doing all of that as a junior or senior, you're also taking AP chemistry and advanced honors this. And, you know, the academic load continues to increase as well. Time management becomes important and kids can get tired and they can get stressed and they can get frustrated with the game and with school and with life in general during the long season. And so what we've done to address that is we brought in our captains or our seniors into our parent meeting. And we have them talk about those moments in their experience. What was their freshman transition like? Talk about a time when they struggled with 
an injury or with a playing time or with being between levels or the jump to varsity and just sharing that this is normal and how they got through it. And I think that message, you know, as you talked about preparing the soil, it, it, it predisposes parents to, in the similar way that Dr. Perry talked about, it makes the stress predictable. Oh, we knew this was coming. And we know people who have gone through it, right? And people have gotten to the other side. Um, and so just sharing those stories with parents, I think, can be really powerful. And just added to that as well is having captains share a little bit of their vision for what they want their senior year to be like. In other words, if you get to the point where you refer to your program sort of as being handed from one generation to the next, you know, Will Ray talks about the seniors of this year, handing it to the juniors, you know, who become the caretakers of the program, having seniors share with the parents, this is how we hope to leave this program in a better place when we're done is really, really powerful too. Um, and so any ways to incorporate, you know, some of those kind of testimonials almost um, coming from players rather than coaches uh, can be really powerful. So I just returned the other day from a trip in the States where I visited a college team, pro team, and a high school team. With the high school team, I had the opportunity to put on a workshop for an hour uh, with the parents of the team. And when I asked them to share in groups moments where they made mistakes as sports parents, I mean, it was incredible the level of vulnerability uh, of so many parents in the room. And then uh, the eagerness of the parents to work together to come up with their parents' standards for the program. I mean, it was just incredible. They get it. Parents in that program, while I'm sure they will not be perfect uh, this upcoming season, I guarantee you they are more aligned to the vision of the team and have greater clarity in their role as parents. And that comes down to, you got to give a lot of credit to the coach there, of being willing to try something different, uh, to bring his parents in on a night uh, during the week to try to kind of educate them and encourage them to be better. And this is our biggest encouragement. I think, you know, Nate and I are trying to um, bring today to the podcast is just for you to try something different this year at your parent meetings. Try something different on college visits and parent nights. It may not go as planned, but for most of us, the way that we're currently doing things it's not working, right? P parents are providing more obstacle and challenges for us than playing a helpful role in our team reaching its potential. So that's our encouragement. Thanks again for listening in. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts.